Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Review Pod. It's a pod that recently encountered a mysterious holy man who claimed he had a puzzle the world was unable to solve. It's nice to meet you, we replied, but let us guess. If a tree falls in the wood and there's no one around to hear it, did it really fall? No sod that, we responded. How the hell are Manchester United sixth? On today's pod, we're revisiting a feisty throwback of a game at Kenilworth Road, as well as looking ahead to Belgrade. We've also allocated some minutes to have a good laugh at that lot down the road and a shambles that just keeps on giving. And joining me for such review and a reverie, I'm pleased to say I have two big hitters indeed in the form of Lloyd and Howard. Hi Lloyd, you there? Afternoon. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Reporting good. for duty. Good, good, good. And how are you feeling? I'm good, yeah. Uh, kind of enjoyed the game yesterday on the sofa. Did you, uh, well, did you I say, enjoy I say it? enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I say enjoyed. I mean, not to to give myself flowers because we're all usually quite poor at predictions, but I called that to an absolute T on the Friday show. Uh, right. Well, hey, uh, a, a, ner- a nervy as fuck 2-1, which is exactly what it was. Um, yeah. didn't, didn't see us keeping a clean sheet. And yeah, I mean, look, at half-time... I don't, think, I don't think enjoying is definitely the right word. But by, <laughs> by the end, by the end, we got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kept myself busy at half-time. I, I didn't want to dwell. It was, I, I was, I don't know, I was angry. And I wasn't, I had nothing to be angry at. Because, you know, as we'll get to, I believe City played well in that first half. But, um, yeah, I, it was not nice. Howard, how did you find it yesterday overall? And how are you feeling right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Enjoyed, not enjoyed, but yes, yeah, happy, really happy at full time. Then it's in the pub, and I, I like when there's a, a big game I'm not that bothered about afterwards. So, mm. stayed there for Spurs against Newcastle as well. So, good afternoon, yeah, it's a good weekend as well. Suffering a bit now, but <laughs> I'll sweat it out on a badminton court later. So, yeah, what, what but I'm happy because, huh? What were you on, like bitter lager? Oh, well, someone's house on Saturday night, and he's got this, this shed in his back garden, he's just picking bottles so I was on wine after a oh. few beers but he was picking out all these oh I've got this orange brandy oh I've got this Advocar I was like oh my god it's like the back of my parents drinks cabinet in 1982 <laughs> we get a snowball then he got some snaps out and then he's like I don't want any of this but he's like yeah so it's been quite a heavy weekend I'm looking forward to doing nothing this week working watching United get kicked out the Champions League more on that later and uh, and uh, a, a no stress match for City so yeah well yeah we're going to get to both of them and uh, be interesting mm. to see what you both feel about the uh, particularly the City game um, I'm going to stay with you Howard because the first question kind of Lloyd's already kind of answered really as regards to how he felt going into yesterday's game how how were you feeling what did you expect from Luton Whew. Well, it was must. It felt must win in a way. Not because Whoa. I know it's not because you know how We've broken like, every, yeah, every, yeah, yeah. I've gone, uh, but not for the points because obviously nothing's decided. But it just felt there had to be a reaction more than anything. I was actually pretty relaxed going into it. I had, in the back of my mind, I had this little inkling would absolutely wallop them. So, which mm. wasn't quite the case, uh, and that was playing. I thought, you know what. Well, if we get that reaction, if they, you know, if they're organised, we'll absolutely wallop them this time around. So, I was relaxed until the game started. So, yeah, well, <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, a, a walloping seemed unlikely with the absence of Erling Haaland. 
Um, Lloyd, was that a surprise to you? I mean, I put in the agenda, Twitter seemed quite blasé about it. Everyone was saying, okay, well, it I means was, Alvarez. Yeah. Were, were you too? I mean, yeah, let, let Lloyd answer first, though, I think. I'll say why in a minute, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to be the common consensus was, okay, we can now play Alvarez in his natural position. He's mm. a more than adequate backup to Haaland. Um, still without Haaland, though, Lloyd, it's still, you know, not great, surely. Yeah, I so I wasn't that blasé about it, actually. I mean, he's not been in good form, and I said on the Friday show, I think it is at the point now where it is a bit worrying. Uh, it's, it's He's missed a lot of good chances this season, but the thing is, Haaland is still the most likely person to score a goal on the pitch whenever he plays a football match, I think. Um, so not having him there, given that we needed to score some goals, it did make me a little bit nervous, actually. I, you know, a lot of people mm. were kind of like, oh, well, you know, he's been playing poorly, so maybe this is maybe this is a good thing. But it's different being taken out of the team when you're available to not playing because you're injured. Um Mentally, that's kind of different. I don't think you kind of switch off or rest in the same way as if you're kind of just told to sit out on the bench. And whilst you know it is good, I'm sure for Alvarez to play in his in his best position. Um, I think he struggled a bit actually in the game. Um, his his first touch, which has kind of been his problem in in a few games, playing in the kind of number eight position. That kind of came to the fore. I thought a little bit at the weekend as well. Um, it felt like his, you know, his second touch was often rectifying his first. Um, so no, I, that did make me nervous. And to hear that it's, it sounds like it's not an actual fracture, but it's a kind of problem with his foot as opposed to a, a break. Mm. Hopefully, means it, it won't be too long. But um, I'd have much preferred it was an active decision from Pep to take him out of the team rather than him just flat out not being available. Yeah, absolutely. I'm much of the same mind, but you said you were quite relaxed. It's relaxing exaggeration, Howard. Yeah. Uh, no blase, yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the premise, it's not serious, of course. Yeah. <laughs> if you have for two months, then every, you know, discard every single word I'm about to say, basically. Uh, it was on the assumption that it's not a major thing. I mean, stress factor sounds terrible, but it, so many levels to it is a not. No, it was the poor form, and in a way, I was kind of glad on the caveat that it's not serious, uh, that there's something wrong with him because it kind of explains things. But I think the main reason and blasé is the timing of it. If he's going to get, say, a two, three-week injury, is absolutely perfect. Because at the end of the day, if it's looting away, dead rubber, Palace at home, who are under huge pressure, of course, and not really playing very well. Well, they did against Liverpool. And then... The Club World Cup thing, which if we win it, great. If we don't, it's not the end of the world for me personally. And essentially, the next big, you know, the match where you really want Harlem back is Goodison Park on the 27th of December. So I think if this had happened in March, a bit, you know, completely different thing. But I was blase. Yeah, you can't play Alvarez in midfield now. Uh, he might be the most likely source of goal, but he's also the most likely to miss one at the moment. And I think a break could do. Like quite a few of our players, and probably about 50% of Premier League players could actually do with a rest right now. So you don't want them to be injured to get that rest, but, you know, just uh, silver linings basically is the way I looked at it. That if he's out for a couple of weeks and come back in the new year and Kevin De Bruyne is and they're both fresh and stuff, then I just looked at the silver lining side of it and yeah. it just fell nicely time-wise, I think, for, the, for City. 
I mean, I know it's a simplistic way of viewing things, particularly given the type of football that we play, but I kind of, I've seen it as a big missed opportunity, really, because Haaland, big physical striker, for all his, you know, supreme attributes, you know, he's still a big physical centre-forward. And for him to go up against a real old-school defence such as Luton's, mm. I thought that might be a good clash to look out for. But it, No, it probably would have suited him this game, but mm. we should be able to win it anyway and the one we need to next week, and that's that was my reasoning. But yeah, I think when we talk about how the game played out, it probably would have suited him making those runs. Yeah. So. OK, uh, let's look at the lineup as was then without uh, Erling. Um, Lloyd, Ake and Gavardial in, at the back. Um, I, I don't know how many times they've played together, but it's not many, is it, this season? Uh, Foden, it looked like he was going to play in the middle, um, as transpired. Was there any surprises for you? What did you take out of a lineup when you saw it? I guess Stones being on the bench was a bit weird for me, uh, particularly after he started um, against Villa. I mean, I, I, I guess, and I don't think Guardiola spoke about it, I guess it's because. You know, maybe we rushed him back a little bit for that Villa game because Rodri was out, and you know he's probably not ready to start another game so soon. But that was a little confusing. Um, I mean, Walker's continued position in the team, I, I just find really odd. I, I thought maybe he wouldn't play this game. You know, Luton don't really have that much pace in wide areas, so I thought mm. it could be a game where Walker didn't play, but obviously he did. Um, but other than that, I mean, the team kind of from Rodri forwards was what I expected. Um, I was surprised, a lot of people were surprised that Kovacic played. I, mean, I felt like he had to play after the Villa game and what happened with the midfield. You have to kind of turn to a senior new signing in the summer to try and get you out of the hole. And then, yeah, the front five, I think it basically pits itself, didn't it, with Doku not being available, Haaland being out, De Bruyne being out that was all it was ever going to be. Um, and just to see Phil play centrally is, you know, it's just exactly what, what I've been calling for. And he's done it obviously a few times this season, but I think he was the best player on the pitch um, mm. at the weekend. Well, I mean, he was heavily involved in a, in a big chance for us, just 90 seconds in. Um, how would, what did you make of his performance as a eight slash 10? I would say 10 in this mm. instance. <laughs> Yeah, it's just where he should be. <laughs> uh, well, all the stuff you expect from him. I mean, he was sold really short with a pass for that chance. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I noticed on the match of the day commentary, he took the ball a bit wide. Well, no, he didn't. There was a very presentable through ball to him to be straight in on goal. And was it Silver who passed to him? I'm not sure who it was. Yeah, but anyway, hit, the it? pass was pretty poor. Well, it, directionally, it wasn't very good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is a shame, it would have been through on goal. And I think if an early go, and then of course Bernardo absolutely you know, sliced the uh, the rebound wide as well. An early goal could have completely changed the complexion of this game. I think could have been a very different game. He, yeah, he was he was excellent generally. I mean, it's hard to say that anyone was truly amazing in this game, uh, but there's a little, as always there's a compilation on Twitter that shows his touches during the game. And he just yes, he just did this. Phil Foden stuff basically. Yeah, uh, there's no one better with back to goal, is it? In turn, no, just wriggling out and winning fouls and just laying it off and just you know get to Grealish. I thought it was fine, but he was just the release of the ball and not holding on. So when you you know, get rid of it, it's so much better than a lot of the players around him as well. So mm. uh, there's just such a stark difference, I think, between when 
Foden plays in that central position and and, mm. and what Alvarez has done this season. And don't get me wrong, Alvarez has had some great games and I think he's done really well in the circumstances. But in terms of how comfortable Foden is like, on that half turn, receiving like a difficult pass mm. on his back foot and then spinning forward versus Alvarez, it's it is kind of night and day. And it's it is for me, it's so surprising as to why we've not kind of made that the fulcrum of the team with De Bruyne being out this season. It just seems by far and away the obvious choice. And Pep's problem has always been, you know, that Phil gives the ball away a little bit too much or he plays too quick when, you know, he needs to play a bit slower. But when you contract, I understand when you've got De Bruyne available and, you know, you go for him or when we had Gundo. But if the other option is Alvarez, then, then surely Phil is the best option. Yeah, it's kind of that's crept up on me all season and got stronger and stronger. That feeling, and it's nothing against Alvarez, not not one bit. Um, that early chance just set the tone. I thought for how most of the first half played out, I was really pleased with how proactive we were. We looked quite sharp. We looked played on the front foot. Our passing wasn't exceptional, but it certainly wasn't poor. And crucially, we didn't allow Luton to gain much purchase in the game I thought mm. and they were bang up for it Howard as well so would you, would you go along with all that? Generally yes it was generally good but again just lack of real chances so mm. I think key to how do you define how should City what counts as a good performance is it the one in your head that we're the treble winners and we're playing little old Luton and they've got quite a few players out or is it the one that Luton have already held Liverpool and almost won and Arsenal scored past the end of injury time to win there and they're super competitive and haven't been thrashed since the first week of the mm. season. If you do the latter, which you should, because that's the reality of it there, you could see quite clearly across the 90 minutes, Luton put in their best performance and they are doing it on a regular basis at home at least. That it shouldn't, it you shouldn't expect it to be easy and it wouldn't be easy. They're extremely well drilled, disciplined and... I'm sure we'll get to have a referee who's uh, happy to turn a blind eye here and there. Yeah. So, generally it was good, but again, it's that. And it, it feeds back to why Phil Foden hasn't been in the middle more as well. When he isn't, we're even less creative. And, yeah, we could have been ahead. We totally restricted them to any chances until injury time. Um, Townsend, of course, can always fire one in from 30 yards, as we know, but put the only shot they had was into... Edison's hands so it was better it was of I mean it couldn't be worse <laughs> during the week but I, I was generally happy but about 35 minutes in I was there going you know it's okay we'll dominate the ball which is what we needed to do just keep the ball and chip away and you have to look at it over 90 minutes but I still felt have we actually created that much yeah I'm just looking at the match stats because you mentioned the referee there I'm, I'm absolutely bewildered to see that it was only 16 fouls by Luton because mm. the ref Parped and parped and parped all afternoon. I mean, it was just a succession of fouls. Um, well, the worst one wasn't even a free kick. So. Well, we're going to definitely come to that. <laughs> You'll get but, to I mean, that, no, yeah. yeah. But two yellow cards for Luton, considering the sheer volume of fouls that they executed, is beyond me. But anyway, we will come to the referee. I had to laugh because this is the first half thing. Was it the one, the tackle later? Is it Brown who did it, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think he was, he was yeah. fouled. He was fouled in the first half, and you could see, you could read what he said, lip read what he said. How many ref? He said <laughs> the actual nerve to say to the referee, "How many ref?" After <laughs> your cyclical fouling for ninety minutes. I mean, oh, 
footballers are just shameless. Oh, but there was, there was one this weekend, I think it was Trossard, but I might be wrong, and there was one this weekend where in the replay you'd clearly see the ball go off him and he's appealing for, you know, a corner and he's absolutely irate. He can't believe it on his face. And you think... Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.